So this morning I'm going to read from uh, Mark chapter 11, verses 1 to 10. Hopefully if you've figured out the, the story today, you will already know most of this already. So, as they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples saying, go to the village ahead of you. And just as you enter it, you'll find a colt. For those who don't know what a colt is, it's a young donkey. Uh, he'll, he'll be tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it. Here. If anyone asks you, why are you doing this? Tell them the Lord needs it and will send it back here shortly. They went, found a colt outside in the street, tied it at a doorway. As they untied it, some people standing there asked, what are you doing untying that colt? They answered as Jesus had told them to. And the people let them go. When they brought the colt to Jesus, they threw their cloaks over it, and he sat on it. Many spread their cloaks on the road, while others spread branches they had cut in the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. So today, hopefully you've gathered, it's Palm Sunday. It's a day when we also get to shout and sing and celebrate Hosanna. Now, Jackie, myself, and Deanna have been doing some Easter assemblies this week. Uh, and as part of that, we've had some palm branches. And we've got the children to do a bit of a Mexican wave. So I'm thinking, let's see if we at Shirley Baptist Church can be louder and more enthusiastic about the coming of the King here at Shirley Baptist. So let's start up this end, and we'll cheer Hosanna and cheer as loud as we can. A bit of a Mexican wave. Are we ready? So we'll start here. No pressure, you guys. Ready? Steady. And we'll go all the way that way. Ready? Steady, go. Oh, that was rubbish. It was so bad, my palm leaf broke. <laughs> right, try, let's try and see if you can do a better start and we'll get it that way. Okay, ready? Here we go. There we go, that's better. So it's Palm Sunday, we get to sing and shout and cheer. And it's the day when we remember Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem with the crowds cheering, people laying down their lives to worship him. Only for that to then change a few days later. The cries of Hosanna would turn to shouts of crucify him. And yet somehow we're shocked when this happens. But should we really be so surprised? How many times have we been at church singing the praises of God our Father, of his love, his mercy, his faithfulness, his power to restore and redeem, just to go away? Maybe hours, maybe days later, for all that to be thrown to the side with the next annoying colleague or a bad driver or an argument with your brother or sister, the unexpected situation that causes you to curse the one whoever we feel is at blame. We wonder how the crowds in Jerusalem could turn, and yet we do exactly the same on a daily and weekly basis. Yet wouldn't it be great if we could have that Palm Sunday feeling that Palm Sunday high at all times. But the good news is that God knows us. He knows our desire to love him, to praise him. But he also knows where we fail. He understands, just as a loving parent knows his children, he understands when we also get it wrong. But if our desire is to worship him no matter what, then we need to figure out what was it that went wrong for that crowd in the first Holy Week. And how can we relate and fix it in our own lives? I want to ask two questions. 
The first is, do we have our own ideas of what God wants to do? You see, for the crowd in Jerusalem, when they saw Jesus coming, they got really excited that the Messiah was coming. They assumed that Jesus, as a king, would mean an end to the Roman occupation. He, f- he felt that uh, they thought that he was going to feed an army like he fed the 5,000, that he was going to heal the wounded like he'd healed people before, that he was going to raise up Jewish dead soldiers like he raised up Lazarus. People weren't expecting what Jesus was actually bringing. They weren't interested in a king who came to set up a kingdom in their hearts. They didn't want a prince of peace. They wanted a prince of war. But what do we expect from God today? Do we try and tell God what we want him to do, where we want him to act, rather than spend time listening on what uh, he really wants to do? And the second question is, are we just laying down, are we laying down our lives or are we just laying down our coats? Now the crowds rush to show their devotion to the coming king, laying out the coats and palm branches as kind of a red carpet for Jesus' arrival. Yet, if we're to consider how quickly they changed their minds in the coming days, it would seem that this was just an outward act of affection and it kind of stayed as a shallow act. But if we want to remain the people of praise, then we need to go deeper with God. We need to realize that God came to be our king. And we need to give him, as part of that, our whole lives. We need to give everything to God. Our money, our time, our ambitions, our dreams, our friends, and our families. As well as our fears, our troubles, and insecurities. Too often we forget who our king is and where our citizenship lies. If our lives become focused on living comfortably in this world, then that's all we'll be left with. And we'll be left with just a mediocre faith that's characterized by a mediocre commitment to Jesus, resulting in a mediocre impact on the world around us. But we do not serve a mediocre king. We serve the risen Christ. We serve a king that came down from his throne, was born in a manger, lived a sinless and selfless life, and died on a cross as a sacrifice for our sins. Therefore, God has exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every other name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow in heaven on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's Philippians chapter 2. That is our king. That's who we're serving. We need to stop treating Jesus simply as just a role model and start serving him as our king. And that means to deny ourselves, to take up our cross and make serving Jesus our highest priority. We wouldn't be content with blending into the world around us. We would live as loyal subjects of a heavenly kingdom, giving our lives in service to a Christ, our King. And, as, and we will, as Colossians says, walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God. We would joyfully identify with the words that the Apostle Paul wrote in his second letter to the church at Corinth. He said, Therefore, if anyone belongs to Christ, he is made new. The old things have gone, everything is made new. All this is from God, through Christ. God made peace between us and himself, and God gave us the work of bringing everyone into peace with him. 
I mean that God was in Christ, making peace the world and himself. In Christ, God did not hold the world guilty of its sins. He gave us this message of peace so that we have been sent to speak for Christ. It is as if God is calling you through us. We speak for Christ when we beg you to be at peace with God. Christ has no sin, but God made him become sin. God did for us this so that in Christ we could become right with God. Are we living that life that tells others about Jesus Christ, telling them that he is the most valuable thing in our lives? What's stopping us from laying down our whole lives and not just our coats? A missionary once said, if Jesus Christ is God and died for you, then no sacrifice can be too great for you to make for him. Maybe today you need to realize that God is ready to be your king in your life. Maybe you've said before that you want him to be king, but then you haven't always shown it in your life. Maybe you think that actually you're not even worthy for him to be your king because you're just not good enough. Well, let me tell you that God loves you just as you are. He loved the people who threw down their coats knowing that they were going to change their mind just days later. He even loved the Pharisees who later in that story of Palm Sunday told the crowd to stop cheering. He loves you no matter how broken we may be. He loves you no matter how many times you lose that Palm Sunday high and go back to your old ways. The message version of Jeremiah 17 says, God picks up the pieces, puts me back together again. You are my praise. Notice how there it says again. God will always pick up the pieces and will always restore us when we need him to. There's a Japanese art form called kintsugi, which is where people take their broken ornaments and restore them together again to make a new piece of artwork. And it's reflected on, and uh, the, the broken bits and the cracks all become part of the object's history. We might be broken people, but God is our king who's here to restore, and his love is beautiful. In a moment, we're going to pray, and hopefully Paul's going to bring in a cross, wherever Paul's gone. Uh, and we're going to make some of this kintsuki ourselves. Uh, I want you to take, over here I've got some uh, broken bits of tile. And as part of our worship today, we're going to say, we may be broken people, but we're ready to serve our king. And we're going to put the cross up here, and you come and take a piece of tile, and then we're going to stick it to the cross when Paul brings it in. Who knows when that may be. Let's pray together. We're going to get some music on uh, over the, the CD, uh, and then we'll come and reflect on our worship. So yes, Lord God, we thank you that we may be broken people. We may constantly come to church and then days or hours later forget all about what we've heard, what we've seen, what we've uh, experienced in worship, Lord God. But we thank you that you are a loving Father, an everlasting King, who we are willing to serve today, Lord God. We may be broken, we may not be good enough, but we lay our lives down for you. You are our King. Come, restore, and redeem. Amen.